Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, January 28th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to beantownathletics.com right now or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And again, the website is beantownathletics.com. Beantown Athletics, also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back, and make sure you tell them I sent you. So you know what three weeks from today is? Three weeks from today, Red Sox pitches and catches report to spring training. Uh, That is always a good sign that we are closer to the warmer weather, closer to the summer, though. We can't really complain here in New England right now. Here, late January, we got 40-degree weather and sunny. I think they said late this weekend, early next week, we're going to be in the 50s, mid to upper 50s. So at this time last year, we had a couple feet of snow all around us. And, And there's just a tad bit of snow on the ground today. It's, it's melting, though, because, again, 40 degrees, sunny, not a cloud in the sky. I certainly cannot complain about that. But even when it does get a little bit colder and you can't really go outside in, in shorts and a T-shirt still today, even though it is warmer than usual this time of year, you like to get some golf on the TV. And that's what we have beginning today, a big tournament. The Farmers Insurance Open begins this afternoon at Torrey Pines. And uh, they tee off at 12.30, Eastern Time. Uh, a couple big names playing in this tournament. Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, just to name a few. You're not going to have Jordan Spieth. He will not be in this. Bubba Watson will also not be playing. But you have enough big names in this tournament. It will be on TV for you to watch. Again, at Torrey Pines, the Farmers Insurance Open begins today. And whatever happens in this tourney all weekend long, I will react to it on Monday's podcast. And uh, again, it's just good to watch. I This is when I love watching golf. When it is wintertime around here in Boston and you're sort of just itching to get back into the warm weather, back into the summer, back into the time in which you can grab your clubs, go out and go golfing. Though, like I just said, I mean, we might get a couple of golf days next week in the 50s around here. We'll see. It is good though in the winter to watch some golf on TV, and uh, as we get set for that and spring training again, pitches and catches report in three weeks. Right now, we are at uh, the point in time in the season where we don't have football this weekend, though we have some football, I guess. You got the Pro Bowl. I'm not going to watch the Pro Bowl. I never watched the Pro Bowl. I, I think, I can't tell you the last time I even checked into the Pro Bowl when it was on TV. Now, of course, they do it the week before the Super Bowl during this off week for the Super Bowl teams. And uh, last night, they had the Pro Bowl draft. I don't know if you watched this. I didn't watch it. But I certainly saw the results of it today. You know, when you turn a computer on or when you turn the TV on to watch SportsCenter this morning. You see the results of the Pro Bowl draft. And it, it's, it's pretty embarrassing, to be honest. Uh... Team Jerry Rice versus Team Michael Irvin. They draft these teams last night. All you need to do is look at some of the numbers here. 33 of the original Pro Bowl selections will not play in this game. 
And in fact, I'm reading from Elias. Do you, is, I've always wondered, is it Elias? Is that how you say it? You know, the, the stat, all the, the crazy stats and numbers and research. Elias? Is it Elias or Elias? I don't, I honestly don't know. Whenever I hear it, I never hear anybody say it. I just read it. I honestly don't know. Elias. I call it Elias. So I hope if I get that wrong, I apologize. But uh, according to Elias research, the number of players either voted to the Pro Bowl or added as an alternate is 133. That is the highest number in NFL history, again, according to Elias Research. Now, forget about the other positions. What is the biggest position in the NFL? I know the Odell Beckham Jr. stuff the last couple years has been crazy, and the kids love Odell Beckham Jr. Like, I have a couple of my little cousins who, who are Patriots fans who are from Boston. They love Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, no, he's a giant. Right? And and they probably shouldn't like him because he's a giant, but that's just how good and exciting a player Odell Beckham Jr. is with the one-handed catches. He has taken his game above and beyond the one-handed grabs. So yes, Odell Beckham Jr. has become one of the elite wide receivers in football. But just to, to get away from him, what what really is the big position in the NFL? It's quarterback. Have you looked at the quarterbacks in the Pro Bowl? I mean, when you look at the quarterbacks that will be playing in the Pro Bowl, because of some of the quarterbacks who have dropped out, can you actually call this the Pro Bowl? All right, Russell Wilson. He's going to be starting for one team. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, You look at his backup, Jameis Winston. Is he a Pro Bowl quarterback? No. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Is he a Pro Bowl quarterback? No. All the talk about Bridgewater. Look, the Vikings were good this year, but all the talk about Teddy Bridgewater especially from what I saw. Look, I praised Bridgewater, but not because he put up big numbers and not because I considered him a Pro Bowl quarterback. It's because he 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 did enough to help the team win because he did not turn the ball over. It seemed to me that Teddy Bridgewater did not make the stupid mistake. Now, of course, late in the season, you saw him make that one pass with his opposite hand that turned into an interception over the middle. What was that, against Arizona, I think? Or maybe Green Bay. I forget what game it was, but it was late. It might have even been their last regular season game. Was it against Green Bay? Whenever it was, it was late in the season. And uh, he threw the ball with his left hand, with his opposite hand. And he threw an interception right over the middle. It was a dumb decision. It was a very, very rare dumb decision from Teddy Bridgewater. I feel like they have coached him up to be this kid that really they rely on him to not make mistakes. I don't know that the Vikings rely on him to make all the big throws. I mean, I've seen him make some big throws, but when I look at Teddy Bridgewater, I do not see a Pro Bowl quarterback. He's going to be in the Pro Bowl, along with Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is not a Pro Bowl quarterback. However, he's going to be in the Pro Bowl. Russell Wilson? Yes, I think that Russell Wilson, as the season went on and on, and he started to lose pieces from his offense, and he just continued to get better, Russell Wilson... I think put himself in the MVP conversation. Now, no, we're not going to give him that award, right? I mean, Cam Newton, it's pretty obvious Cam Newton is going to get the MVP. So those are the quarterbacks for one team. The other team, Eli Manning's going to be the starting quarterback. Is Eli Manning a Pro Bowl quarterback this year? No. I mean, his team didn't even get into the playoffs. Now, you can look at Eli, I guess, and say, what did he throw, 35 touchdown passes this year? That's the most in his career in the regular season. 
But did did you really, when you watched Eli Manning play and the Giants play, did you watch Eli Manning and think he's having a Pro Bowl caliber year? Eh, I didn't. I didn't really think that. And then you got Derek Carr, who's in the Pro Bowl. Look, I praised Derek Carr a lot this year for some things that he showed me and the big throws that that he was able to make. But I don't know that I'm rushing to put him in the Pro Bowl. But again, he's going to be there. And the third string quarterback for the for this other team is Tyrod Taylor. Uh, come on, the fact that we are looking at Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr and Eli Manning as the Pro Bowl quarterbacks. Russell Wilson is there. He should be there. The other five, I, I just, if you're asking me to put together a pro, two Pro Bowl teams and the best quarterbacks in the game this past season, outside of Russell Wilson, the other five quarterbacks in this game uh, uh, are not going in. So, um, it, it, all you need to do is look at the quarterback play in the Pro Bowl, and, ask, and you can basically ask yourself, is this actually a Pro Bowl game? Is this an all-star game? That's, that's what it's supposed to be. And when you look at the quarterbacks, the simple answer is no. So how much attention will you... I mean, I didn't pay attention to it anyways, even if the top quarterbacks were playing. I mean, look, even if Brady decided to play in this game, I still don't think I'd watch. I honestly don't think I would watch. So I'm not just telling you this from a perspective of, hey, no Patriots are playing in this game. They've all decided to back out. So, because of that, because none of my guys are playing, I'm not watching. Even if they were all playing, I wouldn't be watching. I wouldn't. Not going to be watching the Pro Bowl on Sunday. And even if the Patriots played, I would not watch. But that's what you had last night. You had the Pro Bowl draft. I assume it was on TV. I didn't really watch it. And the Pro Bowl will be on TV. Um, not going to watch it. I will be watching golf on Sunday. I will be watching... I'll watch the NHL All-Star game because it is All-Star weekend in the NHL. And uh, as you know, they've changed the format. Or maybe you don't know. They've changed the format. They're going to go with three, uh, excuse me. They're going with four three-on-three teams. So it's it's a three-on-three and it's four teams. Now, there's more than three guys on each team. They are, I think there's nine skaters. Are there nine skaters and, and two goalies on each team? Um, but it on the ice play will be three on three. The first period will be two divisions going at each other. The second game will be the other two divisions going at each other. And the third game will be the winner of each of the first two games in a three on three. Is it, was it 20 minute? Is it going to be a 20 minute game? I think th- I see there is part of me that thinks it's just going to be too much. It's going to be too much time. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to watch because it's three on three, but I do feel like three on three gets to a point where, it's a little too much, and it doesn't, you know, it, the, the excitement level gets taken out. I don't know. I could be wrong. Let's see how it plays out. I don't want to sit here and judge it before I see it. I'm going to sit down. I'm, I'm going to watch that. I mean, I, I do. I am interested to see what that looks like. But, you know, we when we talk about these All-Star games, the Pro Bowl compared to the NHL All-Star game, they'll both be this weekend. There's a major difference here. And what each league is doing and how they are handling players that don't play in this game. And the NFL, as far as I know, is there a fine for NFL players that don't play in the Pro Bowl? See, I care so little about the Pro Bowl. I don't know anything about it. I honestly don't. I care so little about it. All I know is that there was a draft. And I told you the quarterback play is embarrassing for the league. 
in an all-star game because these are not all-star quarterbacks, okay? But all these players that decide not to play in the Pro Bowl, I gave you the number, 33 original Pro Bowl selections will not play in this game. Those 33 original selections that will not play, maybe there's a fine, I don't know, but there's no suspension. And the reason I bring up suspension is because the NHL has two All-Stars who are not going to participate in this weekend's All-Star game, who has been selected. Alex Ovechkin and Jonathan Taves, two of the best players in the world. Ovechkin has a lower body injury. Jonathan Taves is battling an illness. In fact, Taves missed the third period of the Blackhawks' final game before the All-Star break the other night because of this illness. At least that's what I read. And uh, these two players will not play in the All-Star game. The NHL is suspending Ovechkin and Taves. Now, I, I think this is a real story. I read it online. I read it on CBS Sports, which, you know, I don't think they're going to put up a story that's fake on CBS, right? So from what I read... On the internet, and I know you're saying, Danny, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Okay, I'm with you. But there are certain sites where when you read a story, you ex- you expect it to be true, right? When I read something on CBS Sports, I don't expect them to just be making shit up. I expect that to be a real story. If they were making it up, then it's embarrassing for them. It's probably more embarrassing for CBS Sports if they're doing that than it is the NFL for having uh, some of the quarterbacks that I mentioned playing in that game. In their all-star game. But the NHL, according to this report that I'm reading, is going to suspend Ovechkin and Jonathan Taves for one regular season NHL game. Either the game leading into the all-star game or the, the, the first game following the all-star game. Now, they didn't miss the game leading into it, so they'll both be suspended for the first game that the Capitals and the Blackhawks play when they return to the All-Star game. NHL regular season play resumes next Tuesday. So, I don't know if they play Tuesday or Wednesday, these teams, but Taves and Ovechkin, because they're not going to play in the All-Star game this weekend, they are going to be suspended. So, I guess if you're an NFL player, you should be happy that that's not the rule, that that you're going to be suspended a regular season game next year because you didn't play in the Pro Bowl. The the NHL, they are suspending players. I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, that's a long season. Is the one game that you suspend Ovechkin and Taves, especially considering how good the Blackhawks and the Capitals are this season, is it really going to affect them long-term? No. No, so I guess you could look at it, and it, it's kind of petty. But, um, look, they want the All-Stars to play. They're going to throw this possible suspension at them. I, I, I mean, look, I'd rather live in a world where, where players are not suspended for their All-Star games. But at the same time, when you look at the NFL and you see how embarrassing that game has become, I guess the NHL, at least they are taking steps to make sure, you see it with this new three-on-three play, they are taking steps to make sure they they keep their All-Star weekend an exciting one, right? They keep it an exciting one. And uh, as I just told you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch the NHL All-Star game on Sunday. I'll be watching that. I'll be watching uh, the golf. And uh, I'll be 
drowning in my sorrows that the Patriots will not be getting ready to go to San Francisco for Super Bowl 50. Right? That's what I'll be doing this weekend. Uh, real quick, before I get to some of the other top storylines around the world of sports, just here locally, a couple things with this Patriots team. Uh, Bill Belichick said yesterday that the now former offensive line coach, Dave DeGugliamo, his contract was up, which is why I originally told you on the show the other day that I originally hesitated to use the word fired when it first said pot ways because I didn't know what DeGugliamo's contract was. Or I know, I, I, there were times I said his name the other day. I dropped the D, the D. I was just saying Dave Guglielmo. I was just saying Guglielmo. Just calling him Googs, right? Just a, just a long name. Someone tweeted me, like, why, why is it so difficult to say the name? Well, it's not difficult. It's just fucking laziness. Accept it. We'll call him Googs, and that's that. In fact, I'll just call him the offensive line coach and our former offensive line coach of the New England Patriots. I hesitated to use the word fired because I didn't know his contract status. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't really care. I, I, what I saw on Sunday is all I needed to see to know that, really, they were, I, if you listen to the show, you know, I was not surprised that they parted ways. Can we use the word fired? I guess we could still use the word fired. Why not? Bottom line is this. Belichick wanted to change at, with his offensive line coach, and I can't blame him, and I'm not surprised. But uh, we'll move on. Tom Brady wrote a letter to the fans, posted this handwritten letter on Facebook, on his Facebook page yesterday. Uh, very well done by Tom Brady, as always. And uh, he's pretty good on his Facebook. He's funny. He's, it's a face, you know, his posts are always important, it seems, after the fact. Not just because he's Tom Brady, but because, you know, he doesn't waste his time posting something every five minutes. Uh, there's meaning to it. There's something behind it. There's thought. There's effort. And, uh, yeah, it's a talent. It's just one of Tom Brady's other talents, other than being the best quarterback in the National Football League. Well, one of the best. I know people are in this conversation now. Is Cam Newton the best because of things he can do with his legs? Uh, You know, the way he throws that football. And, and, yeah, I don't want to do too much Super Bowl stuff the rest of this week, today or tomorrow. But just a quick update on that. Super Bowl 50, the line has moved up again. It's now up to six. The Panthers are six-point favorites. The first time I checked it out on Sunday night, Monday morning, Panthers were four-and-a-half-point favorites. I told you yesterday or the the day before that, it went up to five-and-a-half. Now the Panthers are six-point favorites. What I see this morning, this uh, at least early afternoon, Carolina a six-point favorite. I'm also seeing this story now, and I hope, I hope this isn't, we're not going to be talking about this all week long. Like, maybe they just wanted to get this out of the way, I don't know. But the Cam Newton perception storyline is building some steam. And, you know, I, Cam Newton, he talked about it at a press conference. And to be fair to Cam Newton or, or, or anybody else, I don't know what, if the questions were asked. I don't know if this was brought onto him, or if he brought it up on his own, this whole perception, storyline, what's the perception of Cam Newton? I'll tell you what my perception is of him. I mean, I love him. I, I love him as a quarterback. I love his enthusiasm. I love that he has fun out there. I think that if you don't appreciate a good celebration in sports, whether it's after a goal, after a big shot, 
uh, in, in basketball after a touchdown or first big first down in football, after a home run in baseball, right? We got into this debate with Bautista in the playoffs, you know, the bat flip, and it was unbelievable, and the, uh, and the Royals didn't like it. You know, and we can get into all this stuff about celebrations, but if you follow me on Twitter or listen to the show or know me at all, you know that I love a good celebration. And I'm not going to sit here and knock somebody who has a good one. Now, there's a time and a place for everything. At the same, at the same, there's a time and a place for everything. You know, if you're losing a baseball game eight to nothing in the seventh inning, and you hit a solo home run, you know, off of some pitcher that the team brought in, forget whoever you hit it off of. Eight, you're losing eight nothing. You're getting whooped. You, get a, you hit a solo home run, and you give a, an insane bat flip and stop walking to first base. Well, I'm not going to sit here and praise you for that. I'm probably going to knock you for that. Like, stop being an asshole. Run, drop the bat like a normal person and, and run to first base. You did nothing special here, all right? So there's a time and a place for everything. Like you're, you're, you're trailing a game, hockey game, 5 nothing. You score in the third period with two minutes left, and you jump into the glass. I mean, I'm going to call you an asshole. That you look like an asshole in that moment. There's a time and a place for everything. If your football team is trailing by 24 points and you get a first down, or you you I there was you get a touchdown. Ryan Mallett, I think it was early in this season, right? The the Houston Texans were playing against the Carolina Panthers. Was it in Carolina? And Ryan Mallett at the time was the, the quarterback for Houston. You know, they were going back and forth, Hoya Mallet, Hoya Mallet early on before eventually Ryan Mallet decided, hey, I'm going to skip the team flight. <laughs> Whatever, didn't show up to, to the facility, didn't show up in time to get on the, the, charter, the team charter flight, and, and then he was, he was let go. Um, before all that, Ryan Mallet played in a game against Carolina early in the season, and he scored a touchdown. I don't know, it either, they were either still losing or they tied the game. I think they were still losing after he scored the touchdown. He ran it in. Uh, ran it in on a little bootleg, I think. And he gets to the back of the end zone. And he does the, He steals the Cam Newton Superman celebration. And I got on the show the next day. I said, you look like an asshole. Okay? I like a good celebration. There's a time and a place for everything. And I think that if you ran that touchdown in, and it was like a game-winning touchdown, or it sealed the deal on a win, and it was a huge touchdown... And you did that, I'd say, that's pretty cool. I like that. But that's not what happened. They were, I'm pretty sure they were still losing. Either way, it was, it was not the time or the place. And, and they didn't beat Carolina. Anyway, so it, it looks even worse. But, you know, if you're up 24 nothing, and you get a, you're down 24 nothing. And you get a first, you're running back or something, you get a first down, wide receiver, your quarterback get a first down, you start to celebrate the first down. I mean, it's too much. You're an asshole. But other than that, time and a place for everything. If it's the right time, right place, I love a good celebration. Cam Newton, great celebrations. Love that he has fun. Love that their team has fun. Now, will they be having fun if they if they start losing next season? Probably not. And and some of those celebrations might not go over well, but I just Look, I don't know if they celebrate like that if they if they start losing consistently. You get what I'm saying? I think the fact that they're winning is helping them have fun and, and they're celebrating because they're winning. So I, I do think they are picking the right time and the right place. And 
I don't mind it at all. And and there's this idea now, this whole Cam Newton perception storyline that's building steam. I really don't understand because do people are people out there criticizing him? Last time I checked, we were all giving him the MVP, saying he's the arguably the best quarterback in football. While knowing what Tom Brady has done in his career. Obviously, I'm not comparing careers. You know that I know Tom Brady. I know Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the history of the game. And he'll go down as that, especially when he wins another Super Bowl before his career is over, because that will happen as well. And it could happen next year. But this season, Cam Newton's the MVP. It's, I, I, I don't even think it's up for debate. And I'm not the only one saying that. There's a lot of people saying that. So this storyline now that you get they're getting into race or the perception people hate Cam Newton it could be a race thing. Well, wait a minute. I forget forget about race. Why are we why are we bringing race into it? Last time I checked this is the fourth straight Super Bowl where there's a black quarterback in the Super Bowl. What are we talking about? Why are we even doing that? Why are we even going there? And I don't know if this is Cam Newton. I don't know if this was a question he was asked. If this is a reporter trying to come up with a storyline because there's nothing to talk about. Here as we get into a weekend with no football before we get into Super Bowl week officially next week. I don't know who started this, but I go, I, you know, I turn on ESPN today. I, I go on the internet and there's this Cam Newton perception storyline that's building steam that I don't understand because just talking about Hating Cam Newton. I thought everybody loved Cam Newton. I'm one of them. I love the guy. So, like, I just don't understand it. Like, is that a factual report? Or are we just going on one report of one person who, who might think this? And maybe Cam Newton has this perception. I mean, maybe. In, but instead of turning it into a race situation, we should turn it into maybe Cam Newton's just trying to trying to find something to get that to get that underdog mentality that the world is against us. Because let's face it, there are a lot of people going into this game. And I think Cam Newton and I think the Carolina Panthers know this. There are a lot of people outside of that Carolina organization that going into this game, analysts, media, fans, you name it. There are a lot of people that think the Carolina Panthers are going to whoop the Denver Broncos. And I'm not saying that scares Carolina. But I certainly am telling you that it, 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 it helps Denver. It does. I mean, the Denver Broncos are going to use that as motivation. Everybody and their mother is betting against them. You, I, if I turn on the radio at any point in time, there is somebody on there that's saying, ah, oh, Denver's going to get whooped. Peyton Manning can't throw. You think Peyton Manning doesn't hear that? I mean, Peyton Manning heard it in the game going, going into the Patriots game. And what? What did Peyton Manning do? I don't know. Just threw two touchdown passes early on uh, to give the Broncos a lead and give them 14 points, which turned out to be the difference of the game. He's saying, oh, I can't throw? Granted, Peyton Manning did nothing after that in that game. It was three and out, three and out, three and out with a couple field goal drives in which they only went like 30, 40 yards. So outside of the two touchdown drives that he had early on, he did nothing else. But really, those first two touchdown drives... That was all she that all she needed to write on that one. I mean, look, Peyton Manning left that game, and I know he's not going to show it publicly, but you know, and we'd all be in the same boat if we were in his shoes, where we would be saying, fuck them. They told me I couldn't do this. What I do, I went out and threw two touchdown passes, right? 
They told me I couldn't do this. What have I done? I've gone out. I've been the quarterback for a team that won two playoff games and is now going to the Super Bowl. And they're still picking against me? Fuck them. Look, we believe in motivation in this town. We believe the Patriots used it. We believe, I believe they always use it. I believe teams are always looking for it when they, don't, when they don't have it. And I think this could be a situation with Carolina where they're seeing everybody pick the Denver. They're picking, they're picking the Denver Broncos to get whooped. So they're picking Carolina to win the game. They're, picking, they're predicting the Broncos to get whooped and Carolina to whoop them. And the, the, as the days go on, the line goes up. Carolina becomes more and more of a favorite. I don't know if Cam Newton's just trying to, to, to dig down deep and find an, a, a reason to, to, I don't know, tell his team that they're underdogs. I have no idea, but the bottom line is this. This idea that Cam Newton and that the perception is that people hate him and, and think he sucks is, is not true. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's not reality. Last I checked, a, a lot of us love Cam Newton. I'm picking him to, to, to beat the Broncos. And I'm giving him the MVP. So, then we, you know, then we start getting into the perception of him and, and race and that storyline. I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are we doing? What are we talking about? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Cam Newton being the best in the game right now. And it's because of his arm and his legs. And combined with his football IQ and his leadership, man, he's great. So I don't know what this is. Is there really a perception out there that people don't like Cam Newton? If there is, I've missed it. It's gone over my head. I don't see that. I don't see a majority of people thinking that. I don't see anybody thinking that. I see some some old farts who, who don't like celebrations and think it's too much. But, I mean, come on. You take those people seriously? Do you? Does anybody take those? It's 2016. Celebrate. Have a good time. Score a goal. Celebrate. Again, time and a place. But big goal. You know, you throw a touchdown pass. Big touchdown pass. Celebrate. Get a first down. Move the chains. Difference of the game, celebrate. Have fun. Cam Newton has fun. The Carolina Panthers have fun. What comes first? The celebration? The fun or the winning? I think the winning comes first. It does. If they start losing, you know, you won't see them celebrating as much. You won't. So, I mean, I put all that in a perspective and and I break it down that way. the, The Carolina Panthers, they've done nothing. Cam Newton's done nothing wrong. Done nothing wrong. He celebrates. He has fun, but he, he can get away with it because he wins. And he right now he's the best quarterback in football. And uh, I'm, I'm not the only one that sees that. So any type of storyline in which people hate or don't like Cam Newton, I, I don't get it. Over my head, it's way over my head. But so hopefully we're not going to be doing that the next two weeks because it's just it's not even it's not even true. It's not even true. But we got plenty of time to talk about the Super Bowl and to get into some of the storylines heading into that game. Save it for next week. Uh, Program and note, tomorrow in studio, I will be joined by Rear Admiral from Boston Sports. He covers the Boston Bruins and the NHL for bostonsports.com. He will join me in studio. We'll take a look at the NHL at the All-Star break. We are currently in the All-Star break. We had, what, four games last night? And we, have, we are officially at All-Star Weekend, so I'll get 
Brian McGonigal's take, also known as Rear Admiral. He'll join me in studio tomorrow. We'll look at the NHL at the break. And uh, if the playoffs began today, well, I'll, real quick, a couple NHL storylines from last night and today involve two former Boston Bruins. So I'll get Rear Admiral's take on this tomorrow as well. Um, Dennis Weidman, former Boston Bruins defenseman, and Milan Lucic, former Boston Bruins forward, they both were in, should we call it, altercations with refs last night, with officials? <laughs> um, what one do you want to get to first? I actually found out about the Lucic one after the Weidman one. You know, you wake up today and you, you see all these videos of Dennis Weidman. If you didn't see the play, you need to go look it up. A lot, I, I'm sure you've seen it by now. Dennis Weidman gets hit in the corner and the play goes up ice, and he's skating to the bench, and he's got the far bench from his own zone. So he needs to skate past the other team's bench. He has to go to the other side of the neutral zone, but on the same the same side of the ice along the boards. He skates up the boards, and there's a ref sort of at the red line, and Weidman just cross-checks the ref from behind and, and knocks him on the ground before as he's going to the bench, and he gets right on the bench, and he acts like nothing even happened. Now, Weidman got hit with a big hit. I don't know if, you know, if he was feeling woozy or seeing stars or not seeing straight or couldn't tell what was going on and didn't see the ref. One, I find it hard to believe that he did not see the official in front of him, okay? I also find it hard to believe that Dennis Weidman is just skating around the ice looking to light up officials. So while this looks bad, and I've I've watched it a hundred times, I, I think I have uncovered the issue, and I think it's a combination of a, bu- of a bunch of things. One, Weidman got hit pretty good. Might have got his bell rung a little bit in the corner. As he gets hit pretty good, I'm sure there's a part of him that's a little upset that he didn't get the call, that there was no penalty call because he was kind of from behind, uh, kind of up, I guess. Uh, he looked like, to me like he turned his back to it as well. Um... But he got hit hard. He didn't like it. He thought maybe it was too late. I don't know. No call. Skates up ice. Does see the ref. Then, as he's also got his bell rung a little bit. Can't ignore that part. Right? A little wobbly. A little woozy, maybe. Uh, as he's skating up ice, the play, all of a sudden, starts coming towards him. And he needed to get off the ice. And, uh... When the play comes, because you have to watch this again. Is it the Predators? The Predators player skates literally right by him with the puck. And Weidman kind of has to get out of the way of that because he needs to come off the ice. He got he got hit with a big hit. What well, Probably wasn't feeling too great. Wasn't maybe seeing straight. Wasn't, wasn't happy that there was no call, right? And then sees a play coming at him, gets out of the way, sees the ref, reacts to it, it's a combination of all that, and on top of it, the way the ref fell made it look worse than it actually was, because the ref didn't see it coming, had no idea he was about to get hit by a player from behind. Um, so, I think it's a combination of all those things. I don't think it was Weidman skating up the ice saying, I am going to cross-check this ref from behind because he gave me no call. I don't think so. I think there was a play that was right next to him. He was sort of getting out of the way trying to make sure he was just getting straight off the ice, probably wasn't feeling too hot because he just got hit pretty hard, was a little frustrated at the same time, 
And it just, all the combination of it all made it look worse than it actually was. Now, should the league come down on Dennis Weidman? I suppose you probably should do something and set the tone. I mean, I don't think this is going to happen all that often, though. I say that, and then I see another video of Milan Lucic, as accidental as it was, Milan Lucic, last night, he punched a ref in the face. (laughs) You got to see it. And the best view of this, it's in front of the net. The best view is from behind the net and the aerial view. Looks like there's a camera on top of the glass behind the net looking down at the play. Post-whistle scrum in front of the net. Milan Lucic, he's getting tied up by a couple guys. He tries to throw an overhand right at someone sort of from the side. And he just kind of grazes the guy's face. And while he grazes the guy's face, he hits the ref in the jaw. Right? He doesn't get all the impact. I think he just sort of taps him with the end of the punch. But the ref feels it. The ref stumbles back. And the bottom line is you can't do that. You can't punch a ref in the face, as accidental as it may be. Now, I understand sometimes these refs, they got to get involved in these scrums. They got to put their bodies on the line and step in front of these guys who are throwing big punches. And you'd like to see them not get hit. Sometimes they do get hit. I don't know that I've seen someone get hit like that. Uh, as accidental as it was, you know, you might have to come down on him as well, given the fact that you just suspended uh, Milan Lucic, right? I mean, look, these two issues, I think if you're the league, yeah, there should be some type of punishment. And and I think it's really to just set, set a tone. I, I don't know that you should be overly concerned that this is now going to start happening everywhere if you don't punish these guys. But bottom line is this, you might as well punish, and I think they will. I mean, you're punishing Taves and Ovechkin a one-game suspension for missing the All-Star game. Yeah, if you cross-check a ref from behind or you end up punching a ref in the face as accidental as it may be, I I, I do think you probably should uh, punish those guys for that. So, you know, I'm not... I'm not looking at this and saying this is this needs to be the pussification of the National Hockey League. No, I mean, just these are refs. These are officials. You can't hit the refs. You know, you got you to gotta, you gotta send that message. You got to make sure that message gets sent home to the heads of the players. Can't hit the officials. If it's accidental, all right, we can see that. Well, it's accidental because you kind of lost your mind in the ice at the same time. Maybe we punish you here. You'll, you'll, uh... You'll think about that next time you lose your mind in a situation like that after the whistle, right? So, um, I I do think Weidman and Lucic should probably get suspended. Slap on the wrist, one game. That's it. Can't hit officials. Message. Hope it gets sent home to the rest of the league. We won't have it. I don't think they should. I don't think they should be scared that this is going to happen all the time. But I do do think you need to. Uh, do something if you are the league. So I'll talk with Rear Admiral from Boston Sports about that and a whole lot more tomorrow. He'll join me in studio as we are here in the All-Star break. If the NHL playoffs began today, if they began today, here locally, the Bruins would be in. They'd be the top wildcard team. Let's go through it. Uh, Florida Panthers, the one seed in the Atlantic Division, would play the... They'd play the Bruins. The Bruins would play the Florida Panthers. Uh, The Washington Capitals would actually be the top seed in the East, but you know how they break it down now per division. The Capitals would play the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are the last wildcard team out of the two wildcard teams. So as much as Pittsburgh has struggled this year and Sidney Crosby has not looked like his usual self for most of the season, um, 
I don't know that Washington wants to be going against Pittsburgh in the first round. But that's what it would be. The Panthers would play the Bruins in the first round. Then you get Tampa Bay playing against Detroit. And you get the Rangers playing against the Islanders. That would be your first-round matchups in the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, the Chicago Blackhawks with 70 points would be the top team in the West. They would play the worst of the two wildcard teams, which would be the Nashville Predators. And uh, look, the Predators just got Ryan Johansson. I'm not saying that he's going to catapult them to a Stanley Cup right now, but I don't know that that's the easiest matchup for the Chicago Blackhawks in the first round, but that's what they'd have. Then you'd get the L.A. Kings. Uh, They would play the Colorado Avalanche in the first round. Dallas would play St. Louis. And San Jose would play the Coyotes. Those would be your first round matchups. So that's the way the NHL looks here at the All-Star break. And again, regular season games begin next Tuesday. So there's the NHL right now. How about the NBA? How about last night? You watch Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Kimmel. Here's what he told Shaquille O'Neal last night during Shaquille O'Neal's appearance on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. Outside the Staples Center, there are statues. Put those up on the wall because I want, I want uh, uh, to look at these. Now, you can see they got Jerry West. They've got Magic. They've got Kareem. They've got, uh, well, they've got, a, a, I think, uh, a couple. But the, you, know, you see what this is right now, what I'm showing you? Yes. This is, and you don't know about this. This is a surprise to you. The Lakers asked me to mention it. This is the statue of you there putting up at the Staples Center. Seriously, I swear to God. It's not a prank. I swear to God. That's it. That's what it's going to look like. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. Believe me. This is for real. I'm not kidding at all. That is a rend- artist rendering of the statue that is going to go up a view outside the Staples Center. So how about that? Uh, th- that's, I, now, if I was Shaq, I don't know that I'd believe Jimmy Kimmel either. Because if you see the picture of the Shaquille O'Neal statue, it, it's a picture of him hanging from the rim while he's finishing a dunk. You know the signature Shaquille O'Neal pose. He finishes the dunk, slams it home, and he sort of does a pull-up, like he pulls himself up, right, and then comes down. The, the picture of the statue they, that Jimmy Kimmel tells Shaq they're going to build for him outside of the Staples Center in a Lakers uniform is him hanging from a rim. And so I kind of didn't believe it at first either when I first read about it this morning. I'm going, well, how are they going to build that? Are they going to have him hanging from the side of the wall somewhere on the side of the Staples Center? Like, how how is that going to go down? Like, how is that going to look? Now, I've never been to the Staples Center, okay? So I, I've never been to their little area where they have all these statues of their former players, but and they're great players, I might add. But uh, when I first read this and I'm watching this clip, I if Shaq didn't want to believe Jimmy Kimmel, I don't blame him. But as we're seeing, I guess it's true. They are going to build the statue of Shaquille O'Neal. Now, I'm not surpri- I wasn't surprised, and I'm not saying I wouldn't believe Jimmy Kimmel because Shaq shouldn't have a statue. If, if the Lakers came out and made an announcement on their own and said, we're building the Shaquille O'Neal statue, I'd say, okay, yeah, it's about time you did that. 
Like, absolutely. You have you should build a Shaq statue outside of the Staples. You're building statues. You got all those greats that played in L.A. You got to put a Shaq one. It, it, absolutely. There's no question. I'm not questioning the decision. I was just looking at the artwork, and I'm questioning the timing of it. Because right now in Lakeland, I talked about what they've been doing. They've been purposely throwing games by taking D'Angelo Russell out of the games late. You know, they, they lost to the Mavericks by two points the other night in L.A., and they took D'Angelo Russell out of the game because the coach said he was trying to take over the game. So they played the final two minutes without D'Angelo Russell. I mean, come on. He actually is the guy that you, with, without Kobe, Kobe wasn't playing that game. Without Kobe, it, look, D'Angelo Russell should be the guy that should be in the game in the final two minutes to help you win a two-point game. So obviously they're trying to get Ben Simmons. They didn't want to win that game. They see that the 76ers had won their game a couple nights ago, a little bit earlier in the night. So the Lakers said, let's just lose this one. Let's throw this game. There's no question. You can't, you can't convince me they weren't throwing that game. They were throwing that game. They've thrown a couple games now from what I've seen and the number of minutes that they've given Randall and, and D'Angelo Russell. So you got that going on. But really, most importantly, you got the Kobe Bryant farewell tour that's going on right now. And that, if I'm Kobe Bryant, I don't know how I feel about the timing of this Lakers decision to put a Shaquille O'Neal statue. If I'm Kobe, I'm going, look, I came out with this farewell tour because this is supposed to be about me. This year, the the 2015-16 season, it's supposed to be about Kobe Bryant. You know he's thinking that, right? I mean, you know Kobe hears this, sees this on Jimmy Kimmel, wakes up today. He might say all the right things, but deep down inside, there's a resentment there that the Lakers would even think about announcing this right now. They could announce this whenever they want. They could announce this in July. Like, what's the difference between announcing this now and announcing it in July? What's the difference? Let Kobe go through his farewell tour. Let him say his goodbyes. Let this right here, right now in L.A. be about Kobe, and that's it. And then you announce that you have a Shaquille O'Neal statue, and that's over with. I don't think that's crazy for Kobe. And, and you might say, well, Kobe, you know, tough shit. Kobe can live with it. Well, Kobe's one of the best that's ever played the game. And, and I say that being my opinion, but I think that's borderline fact. He is. He's a Laker. I'm a Celtics fan. You know, the basketball, the Celtics fan in me doesn't like Kobe. The basketball fan in me says he's one of the best to ever play the game. And if this is his farewell tour, which it is, you really, as a Laker organization, need to come out right now during this farewell tour and the smack dab in the middle of it. By the way, as we get into All-Star Weekend in the NBA in a couple weeks, and it will be the Kobe Bryant show up in Toronto, right? It'll be the Kobe Bryant show in Toronto. That's what this is going to be. And also update on the NBA All-Star rosters. I believe the All-Star reserves, yes, they'll be announced tonight. They'll be announced tonight on TNT. We already know the starters. We know Kobe got the most votes, right? Kobe's in the starting lineup for the West. The All-Star reserves will be announced tonight on TNT. Those games on TNT, you got Knicks, Raptors in Toronto, and you got Bulls, Lakers in L.A., uh, and then you got Shaq on the pregame, halftime, postgame shows, and they're building the Shaq statue. This is supposed to be Kobe's time. It should be Kobe's time. And the Lakers come out with this, uh, this, this announcement now? I don't understand the timing of it. 
Unless they're trying to draw up controversy. I don't understand it. And if I'm Colby, I wouldn't be happy with it. And we can, you can roll your eyes at that all you want and, and say tough shit. Colby should, you know, the, the reason he won championships is because yeah, Shaq was on the team. Well, Colby won uh, without Shaq as well. Now, yeah, he needed Gasol. But, I mean, look, every, every NBA player that's ever won has needed somebody else to go along and help him win it. it. This is what this league is. This is a league in which stars come together to form cliques, to form groups, uh, to form championship teams, eventually. And Kobe's no different. That doesn't mean Kobe wasn't one of the best that's ever played the game. He was, and this is his farewell tour. And I'm not saying Shaq isn't great. And I'm not saying Shaq doesn't deserve a statue. He does. They need to build the Shaq statue. But you don't need to announce that now in the smack dab in the middle of the Kobe Bryant farewell tour. How does that make any sense? That doesn't make any sense. But they did. They announced it last night. You just heard it on Jimmy Kimmel. Shaquille O'Neal is getting a statue. I can tell you right now, Kobe Bryant is not happy about this. Forget, I mean, I'm sure Kobe knows they're going to build a statue. I'm sure he's not happy about the timing of this, trying to steal his spotlight, trying to steal the Kobe Bryant show. I know he's not happy about it. He can say what he wants. He's not happy. But that's what we got going on in the NBA. What do we have last night? We had eight games last night. The Cavaliers in Cleveland, they beat the Phoenix Suns 115-93. Kevin Love with 21 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, The Celtics, they beat the Nuggets at the TD Garden. The Celtics have now won four straight. Avery Bradley with 27 points. Celtics win it at home over Denver, 111-103. This really, the the Celtics, you know, they had kind of pulled away early, and and this one was never really a contest or up for grabs. The Celtics, uh, they won this game, again, 111-103. And tonight we'll see if Isaiah Thomas gets picked as an all-star reserve. I think think he's got to... He's got an argument to be in that game, for sure. To be in the All-Star game, to be an All-Star. I think he's proven to be one of the top scorers. At least he's the, he's the team's best scorer. You know, I, I think we'll, we'll have to see how coaches uh, who vote this, right? I think it's the coaches who vote. We'll see what they think about Isaiah Thomas. He, did, he does turn the ball over. Uh, he's not a great three-point shooter. I don't want him shooting the three, but he drives to the basket, and he can, he can score the basketball when he's driving when he's aggressive and he's taking it to the hoop. And as a little guy going up against big dogs underneath, it's, it's pretty impressive to see some of the numbers that Isaiah Thomas does put up and really the electricity he brings when he is playing that type of aggressive basketball, taking it to the hoop. So I, I certainly think there is an argument to be made that Isaiah Thomas should be an all-star reserve, but if he's not picked, I don't think I'm going to sit here tomorrow and be up in arms and say it's a travesty and and this is an embarrassment to the league. I won't go there. He's, he's, he's on the fence. He's borderline. If he makes it, I can see it. If he doesn't, I can also see it based on how many good players and great players there are in the NBA. So Celtics win last night. Uh, oh, they're also saying with the Celtics, Kelly Olynyk, put him in the three-point contest. Put him in the three-point contest. Put him in All-Star Weekend. Actually, and Marcus Smart's going to be in All-Star Weekend for the young stars or the, the what do they call it? Is it the rookie sophomore game? Whatever it is, the young stars. Marcus Smart's going to be in that game. Kelly Olynyk, does he deserve to be at All-Star Weekend? Honestly, the answer is no. He's done some things this year that have been pretty impressive offensively. Defensively, you know how I feel about it. Uh, it's, 
it's mind-boggling how Kelly Olynyk can play some of the defense he plays. In fact, I heard Cedric Maxwell for the Celtics radio broadcast. Max does the color commentary with Sean Grandy. And Max had a great comment. I was driving into new TV the other night at Comcast Sportsnet, and I'm listening to the game as I'm driving in. And Kelly Olynyk must have been playing terrible defense or was just or he was doing something underneath the basket. And Max goes, you know, there are times that Kelly Olynyk, he, he, he looks like he's an old man out there. <laughs> he's playing like an old man. And that's what he does. That's what he looks like. Especially when he's playing D or trying to grab rebounds. It's kind of embarrassing given the size that he has. He's a good offensive player. Does he, does he belong in All-Star Weekend in any capacity? The answer is no. They want to put him in the... People are trying to get him in the three-point competition. And you don't need to be an actual All-Star to be in the three-point or the dunk contest, right? I mean, you should. I wish they did it that way. But you don't have to be. Kelly Olynyk, three-point competition? Eh. Put it this way. I hope he is there. Because when... And I hope he does well. Because you put him on that national stage, and if he performs, well, I do think that we're talking about uh, a trade value aspect to that. Certainly, and I've always said this about Kelly Olenek, I'm rooting for him not to help this team long-term, but to help his trade value as we get closer to the NBA trade deadline. So I don't think he belongs anywhere near All-Star Weekend, but I certainly hope he's in the three-point competition and people get what they want around here. And and not because I think it's going to raise any type of confidence that he might have in his own game to help this Celtics team long-term, but only because I want to see him there and be successful in the three-point competition because I'd like to see his trade value increase, and it would increase if he was on that national stage hitting threes in All-Star Weekend. He w- It would. So we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, but he doesn't belong there, to be honest. He doesn't. So uh, the Pistons. At home, they beat the 76ers last night, 110-97. to Andre Drummond, another big night, 25 points, 18 rebounds. The Clippers, another win without Blake Griffin. Clippers go into Atlanta and beat the Hawks, 85-83. DeAndre Jordan, 13 points, 19 rebounds. Oklahoma City, they beat the Timberwolves in Minnesota last night, 126 123. The Spurs take care of business without Tim Duncan once again. Duncan, it looks like maybe this rest that he's getting is a little bit more than rest. He is dealing with a knee injury, but how much do you, are you actually believing that? Eh, we'll see. I don't know how much I'm actually buying into that, but Tim Duncan still not playing. Spurs still win, and they beat the Rockets 130 to 99 in San Antonio. The Spurs 25 and 0 at home. And uh, we got the Jazz. They beat the Hornets in Utah, 102-73. to And the Warriors at home against Dallas. Warriors beat the Mavericks, 127-107. Clay Thompson, 45 points last night in Golden State's win. Golden State, 22-0 at home. So that was your night in the NBA. And again, the All-Star Reserves come out tonight on TNT. So so that's it, right? That's what we have. I'm not going to look at the NBA standings right now and do the if the playoffs began today. We'll, we'll wait till the All-Star break for the NBA in a couple weeks. So this weekend we get some golf. Uh, we got the NHL All-Star game and skills competition, which is always good. Skills competition is good. 
We get the Pro Bowl, though I won't be watching that. So I, I, I'm, I'm done talking about the Pro Bowl. And uh, next weekend, we got the Super Bowl, obviously, and some more golf. And uh, then we get closer to spring training, get some baseball, get March Madness. It's all coming. The warm weather is coming. Winter, is it almost over? It, when you start getting golf on your TV like we will this weekend, it will feel like it's almost over. At least that's what I like to continue to tell myself. Outside of the sports world, I'm going to wrap the show up with this. Yesterday, an interesting afternoon on Twitter yesterday. Interesting afternoon on Twitter. If you're a music fan, or really just a fan of Twitter and pop culture and entertainment, uh, there was a little Twitter beef going on yesterday between Kanye West... Wiz Khalifa and Amber Rose, and if you don't know Amber Rose, uh, she used to date Kanye, now she has a kid with Wiz Khalifa, Kanye takes full credit of making Amber Rose a celebrity, and he may be right with that, Amber Rose was in music videos, Kanye, you know, reached out to her, and basically, as, as he claims, made her famous, And as he claimed yesterday on Twitter to Wiz Khalifa, the child that they have, Wiz Khalifa and Amber Rose, might as well be Kanye's child based on, I guess Wiz Khalifa would have never met Amber Rose if it wasn't for Kanye making Amber Rose a celebrity. That's Kanye's viewpoint of it. Kanye has a crazy viewpoint. He's a lunatic. But I also tell you this, he's not stupid. I've always said this about Kanye. He's not stupid. I actually think he's one of the smarter guys in the room. And I say that because he understands what it's all about. In his world, you know, especially in a world now where you go on the internet and let's face it, you could get some music if you didn't want to pay for it. You didn't want to pay for music, you could find a way to get it. Good. You know, you can't walk into Strawberries anymore and grab a CD. You like one, you like a song, you don't go to Strawberries and buy a single. Single CD, single tape, cassette. You don't do that anymore. They even have strawberries? I don't think so, right? <laughs> strawberries? Uh, you want uh, Funny story. Speaking of strawberries, a um, buddy of mine, and I, you know, I, I won't even, I can't say, I'm not going to say his name because the uh, buddy of mine's little brother, who's also a friend of mine, just because, you know, they work. I don't. I don't know that they want this story. I don't know. Maybe they do want this story getting out. But for the and if they listen to this and they say, "Hey, you can say the name. I'll, I'll give him the name. I'll give the name out." But a buddy of mine's younger brother, who's also a, a friend of mine, uh, they were away. I believe they were in Miami. They were at a, a a rooftop pool party, and Fabulous was up there. And you know Fabulous, the rapper, right? Uh, I actually, you know, when I the confession here, my Pandora. When I'm at the gym and I'm, I'm using Pandora. And here I go, just giving free reads. I mean, if strawberries still exists, they owe me some money for this free publicity. And so does Pandora. Maybe Pandora will give me some advertisement-free Pandora. It's such a pain in the ass, isn't it? When the ads play. And, and sometimes it's like, I just turn on the fucking Pandora. And I'm like, it's just on. You know, one song... And it's a, yeah, I don't like, I don't like the song. Like I, here, the stations, I got the Drake station. I got Fabulous station. Um, I get the weekend on there. I'm a big fan of the weekend and his music. Uh, I do have Kanye, the Kanye station, but y- you know, you get one of those stations on and you know, one, the first song that pops up, you say, ah, I don't like this. I hit next. 
and an advertisement comes up right away. And sometimes there's like three of them in a row, and I'm going, this isn't how you're keeping me around, Pandora. I'm about to shut you off and go into my iTunes and start playing my own songs. So that concept is a little crazy, that you would hit me with advertisements, hit me over the head with them right away, right when I turn the fucking thing on. Come on. We don't need that. And if there's any way, because I'm giving you this read right now, that you could find a way to get rid of my advertisements on my Pandora, that would be fantastic. Fantastic. Get me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Send me an email, info at dannypicard.com. All those things. So, um, but the story I was going to tell you was, uh, so, Fab, they were up at a pool party in Miami. I believe it was Miami. I could be getting the... Uh, some of the details wrong, but the main point of the story is true. They saw Fabulous with a group, and he was walking by them, and he said, Fabulous, you know, Fabulous is with all his boys, and they're doing what they're doing up there at the pool party, and he said, Fabulous, let me get a picture, and he basically said no, waved them off, laughed at them, had his security guards come over and and try to escort uh, my buddy out and and, and get him away from him, and, uh, then <laughs> my buddy yells, come on, I, 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 back in the day, I bought your CD at Strawberries. <laughs> Fabulous thought that was pretty cool and probably hadn't heard something like that in, in a long time and decided to get up himself, walk over, and take the picture with him because he said that he respects that. He respects that, right? So there's my Strawberry story. That's a pretty cool story. I, I mean... You, if you told me that that's what it would take, you say that to someone, and he would get up off his seat and decide, okay, now I'm going to take a picture with someone, I, I wouldn't guess that that's actually, that would be the comment that you would say uh, to get him to stand up. But he did, and he respected it, and I respect the whole story and respect him because of it. But this isn't, you know, in 2016, the major point of the story is you don't go, you need a song, you don't go to Strawberries, you don't walk in there, buy a CD anymore. You don't do it. You go online. You go on iTunes. Now, I get all my music on iTunes. I purchase my music. I do it the right way. I pay for it. Let's face it, though. If you didn't want to do it the right way and you didn't want to pay for a song or two or an album, well, what you could do is you could find a way on the internet to to, to get that song without paying for it. That's what you could do. Yeah, Kanye knows that. Kanye knows that that's the world we live in. So when it comes to shit like this and he's getting out there and... And he's on social media, he's on Twitter, and he's getting into these Twitter beefs, right? There's, there's an aspect to it that is all about publicity. That's what it is. And so whenever we see this stuff with Kanye, I always tell people, he's not an idiot. He's not, this isn't by accident. And while yesterday his little beef with Wiz Khalifa might have looked like, oh, because he deleted his tweets, he... he, he it looked like he messed up and he apologized and he was embarrassed by it. He wasn't embarrassed because one of his last tweets that he sends out is make sure you get my new album in February. Well, he changed the name of it. I think he announced he changed the name of it yesterday called Waves. So all this stuff, you tweeted at Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa tweeted something about KK and, and Kanye tweeted him saying, oh, you're going to throw my wife's initials. Uh, my baby mama's initials on the internet and think I'm not going to take that personal, Kim Kardashian. Now, 
that's not what he was doing. And Wiz Khalifa tweeted him back. He said, I'm talking about weed. KK is weed, you fool. And I guess that is, I guess that's Wiz Khalifa's customized weed, whatever. But that's what it was. And Kanye went on this rant and basically came out and said, your child with Amber Rose might as well be my child because I created Amber Rose and made her famous. And of course, Amber Rose comes at Kanye and gives us a little too much detail into their sex life when they were together. But the bottom line was this. Kanye ended up from afar, when you read everything and everybody reacts originally, you say, well, Kanye looks like a fool because of all that stuff. In reality, Kanye got exactly what he wanted, which was on a random Wednesday afternoon in late January, everybody and their mother is talking about Kanye West. And while they're talking about Kanye West and everybody and their mother is looking at his Twitter account, he decides to tweet out, Oh yeah, back to working on my new album. And by the way, we changed the name of it. And by the way, it comes out on this date in February. So, put it this way. Yesterday morning when you woke up, as big of a Kanye West fan as you might be, you might be the biggest Kanye West fan in the world. Did you wake up yesterday checking out Kanye's Twitter feed to, to, to see about his new album? I mean, I'm a Kanye West fan. I like his music. I get his albums. I listen to his stuff. I just told you I have the Kanye Pandora station going. Sometimes when I'm at the gym, I'm a fan of his music. Uh, But that doesn't mean I wake up yesterday looking at his Twitter account and even thinking about his album, his next album that's coming out. It wasn't even even a thought. It wasn't on my radar. And again, I'm a fan. It wasn't on my radar. So even for fans, it's not on anyone's radar. Kanye, he knows this shit. That's why... He's great at what he does. He's promoting his own music. What he did yesterday, while people might look at it and say, oh, he embarrassed himself. Oh, man, wow, he, he, he feels terrible. He doesn't feel terrible. He goes to bed last night laughing because he got millions of people to be looking at his Twitter account yesterday while he promotes his own album for free. For free. He doesn't have to pay anyone to promote that. He starts a a Twitter controversy and a Twitter beef with somebody, he doesn't care that people are coming at him. You think he cares about that shit? No. Guy's got more money than God. You think he gives a shit about people knocking him on Twitter? Give me a break. He loves it. He loves it. That's what sells his albums. People talking about his work. He's promoting himself. He did it for free yesterday, and he's having every, everyone and their mother, including myself, Help promote it for him. <laughs> so, um, that was a little interesting storyline yesterday outside of the sports world, if if you were interested in that stuff at all. So, uh, again, tomorrow, just to, to get back here to, to the real world, tomorrow, Rear Admiral from Boston Sports, he's going to join me in studio. We'll get... Uh, to some NHL stuff at the break. I'll, I'll talk with him about some Patriots things and all the other top storylines that are out there here in the world of sports and entertainment. And, uh, yeah, we'll do that tomorrow over the weekend. I'll pay attention to the golf and, and the NHL All-Star Game, react on Monday. Next week, we'll, I'll, try, I'll be trying to get some NFL guests on here. Look, I'm not going to ignore the Super Bowl. Am I upset that the Patriots aren't in it? Of course I am. I'm not going to ignore it, though. It's still the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl 50. And I wrote in a column that I'm sure we'll be dishing out there today on social media. 
in the Boston Metro. Uh, it'll come out today and tomorrow. Uh, my column is this, and I sort of had this sentiment on yesterday's show, which is the, the whole NFL investigation into Peyton Manning. Do I want to see it happen? Of course I do. Do I want the national media, you know, if there is news that comes along with that investigation, do I want the national media to, to scrutinize and, and, and go after this story the way they scrutinized Tom Brady and, and went after Deflategate? Of course I do. I want all of that. If it's there, if stuff is there, they investigate, they see stuff, I want all of that to happen. But I wanted it to happen a month ago. Like, I wanted the national media to react strongly to this story a month ago when it first came out, the Al Jazeera report, and they didn't do it. Now, a month later, as we get into the Super Bowl, and now that Peyton Manning's in the Super Bowl, look, I wrote this in the Metro column. The Patriots fan in me hates Peyton Manning, okay? The football fan in me respects Peyton Manning. And the football fan in me doesn't want to have to deal with any of these off-the-field scandals. And if you, you can't see me right now because this is not on video, but I'm giving the air quotes, scandals. I, I can do without an off-the-field scandal with a quarterback who's playing in the Super Bowl the week leading into the Super Bowl this year. I don't need to, we don't need to do that two straight years. And I really do hope that the NFL, I really do hope that the NFL learns their lesson. I do. I hope they learn their lesson, right? I hope they learn their lesson with this. And look, again, the Patriots fan of me, I'd love to see them go after Peyton Manning, but I don't need to see it right now. I don't need to see it this week. They can start, start at the, the day after the Super Bowl. You can start it then. Start it then. Um... You don't need to do this now. We don't, need to, we don't need to have another quarterback scandal in the Super Bowl right now. That's all I'm saying. I want to see it. I just don't need to see it right this moment. So we'll do the Super Bowl stuff next week, hopefully just keeping it to on-the-field storylines, uh, but you never know. And if the NFL is going to investigate right now, that's all I'm saying. Just hold off. the, Just do the investigation after the game. That's all I'm saying. Just do it then. I don't need it right now. And that's the football fan in me speaking. I'm here five days a week, dannypicard.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. And if you don't have an iPhone or an iPad, get the show on the Stitcher app. That is the app that I recommend. It is free. You can get every show whenever you want it. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. Again, Rear Admiral from Boston Sports joins me in studio tomorrow to wrap up the week. Talk to you then.